G'day, g'day, Jess here. Welcome back or welcome to the show. Today I am going to be asking you to dig deep. I'm going to be asking you 20 questions about your business or the business or side hustle you want to start. And my goal here today is to get you to take a big picture approach, step back and really think about why you're doing this, what it means for your life, what it means for your future, what your business means for the world and a lot more practical, nitty gritty, you know, what sort of money are you looking to make in what sort of time frame, etc. So there's a lot to unpack in this episode. If you can, I strongly recommend you spend some time, sit down if you can with, you know, a notepad or your phone and actually really think through these questions uh, and really think through your answers because doing this sort of deep work will really help you get clarity uh, about what your business is all about and where you see it going into the future so that you don't feel like you're just lurching from thing to thing, you know, disaster to new idea. You'll have something guiding you into the future. So I just want to, before we start, give a shout out and thanks to all the members of my community for Makers, the Thrivers Circle. I don't run ads in this show, so I'm completely dependent on the support of you, my community, to ensure that I can keep making this podcast. So the best thing you can do, um, free things you can do to support the show, leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or on my Facebook page, Create and Thrive on Facebook. You can share the show with your friends and your community, take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram story, share it on your Facebook page, share it on your TikTok, whatever, and just share it with your community so that I can reach more people and help more people. And uh, financial support, join the Thriver Circle or take one of my courses or buy one of my courses or ebooks that are available in the shop section over at createandthrive.com. I've got um, product photography ebook over there, a couple of self-directed courses on branding and setting up your wholesale business. And of course, I also do shop critiques. You may not realize that. So you can you can hire me to do a critique of your shop or you could join the Thriver Circle. And once you've been there for three months, you can apply to have a shop critique without any extra money. That's another little perk of being a member of the circle. So this month we're doing a live workshop on how to create a short and simple business plan. Nothing over the top, nothing crazy, just something that'll you know, give you direction as to where your business is going and how it's going to get there. And that's happening at the end of November 2021. Of course, if you're listening to this later than that, the recording will be available inside the Thriver Circle, along with 40 plus other video workshops specifically for makers like yourself, our community, and of course, my year long course, Your Year to Thrive, which is one lesson a week for 52 weeks and will teach you everything you need to know to start and grow a thriving and profitable handmade business. And all of that available uh, from the Thriver Circle, which is a month to month subscription. So you can just sign up for a month or two, get a feel for it, see if it's for you. uh, And uh, you can do all that over at thrivercircle.com. All right, let's get into today's episode. Do you want to grow a thriving, profitable handmade business? My name's Jess Van Den, and I'm here to help you do just that. I took my own handmade business full-time in 2010, and since 2013, I've helped thousands of makers, just like you, create and grow successful handmade businesses. So, are you ready to thrive? Let's get learning. 
today I want to address a number of really important questions that a lot of people don't think to ask themselves before they start their business. I know a lot of people, especially in my industry, handmade business, just kind of accidentally stumble into starting their businesses. Certainly that's what happened to me. And so you often end up figuring this stuff out as you go along. So if you are thinking about starting a business or side hustle, uh, especially in the new year, as you watch this, well, as I record this, it's November 2021. So a lot of people might be thinking about doing something fresh in the new year or whenever you're watching this. Uh, I just want to bring your attention to some of these things, because if you don't think about them now, you may come up against a whole bunch of roadblocks later on in your business development because you haven't had the chance to actually decide these things before you started. And you may end up realizing, as the old saying goes, you've got your ladder up against the wrong wall and you're climbing the wrong wall. That's not going to take you to where you actually want to get to with this business or what's behind this business, why you actually want to do it. So we're going to address that in today's video. Now, even if you're not new to business, this is still going to be useful to you because no matter how long you've been in business, these questions are relevant. A thing to know about business, if you don't already have one, is that there's no such thing as getting it right and finished and done. Business is always evolving and developing. So these, a lot of these questions are things you actually want to come back to over and over again and just reassess on a regular basis if your business is still fulfilling these things, these questions, and if it's still going in the right direction for you. All right, let's get started. Number one, and I think this is a question a lot of people never think to ask themselves. This business that I want, is it going to result in the sort of lifestyle I actually want to live? I think a lot of people get it around the wrong way. They think about the business they want rather than the life they want. I think it's actually important to start by thinking about the life and the lifestyle that you want to live and then look at the business you want to start and go, does this fit with that lifestyle? Like if you want a lot of spare time, you're not going to want to start an internet startup, for example. Uh, if you don't want to work weekends, you don't want to start a cafe or a restaurant. If you like sleeping in, you don't want to start a gym, <laughs> not especially if you're, you have to be the person who opens it in the morning. And if you don't like face-to-face -face interaction, you don't want to start a business where you are going to be constantly dealing with the public. So you first of all have to start with, what do I want my life to look like? What do I want my day-to-day -day lifestyle to be? And then does this business that I want actually support the life and the lifestyle that I want to live? Or is it in some way oppositional to that lifestyle? And I just haven't seen that yet. So really take that step back. Look into the future, think 5, 10, 15, 20 years into the future. What do you want your life to look like? And hey, maybe you're willing to make short-term sacrifices for long-term gains. I mean, this is what most people who have a traditional job do. They work their job till they're, you know, whatever, 60, 65, and then they get to retire and enjoy the rest of their life without work. Personally, that is not the life I want for myself. I don't really ever foresee myself retiring for, per se, but that's because I've developed a lifestyle and a business model that means that I don't feel like I'm spending my whole life working. And even when I am working, I enjoy my work. So I, it, you know, it's something that fills my days and gives my life some sort of structure and meaning, not just something that brings money in the door. So this is a really important question. And I really strongly encourage you to think about this before you think about the rest. Number two, will I still be interested in this thing in five years time? 
or 10 years time or 15 years time like again looking forward into the future what sort of time frame are you envisaging for this business how long are you planning on doing it how long are you planning on running it is it going to be for the rest of your life is it just something you want to do for five years or 10 years or one year uh, and in that time are you going to still be interested in it are you still going to want to be putting the work in to develop this business 5 10 15 20 years down the line or is it something that you've just suddenly become interested in and that's going to fizzle out? Now, this is a question definitely aimed at myself. I'm one of those people who gets really obsessed with something for a short period of time and then it kind of wanes. But then I tend to go in cycles where I then get obsessed with it again in the future. So I've got to like personally for me, it works to have a couple of things going on because then I can like jump my focus from thing to thing and that means I never get bored because I'm not just working on the one thing so think about that part of your personality as well like the amount of work it takes to actually start and grow a successful business is a lot and you need to be willing to put the time effort and focus into that business for a long period of time so this thing that you're thinking about doing is it something you're going to want to do for the long term number three is this business going to be profitable in the short term, long term, or both? Now, obviously, if the answer is neither, then this is not a business you want to start. But look at the industry that you're thinking of entering. Are people making a profit at the beginning of, of their journey? Does it take them a couple of years? I think the standard you know, that I've heard of you know, business statistics in general is like it takes five years to start turning a profit. That's a long time. Uh, I know in my business... I think my jewelry business specifically, it took me probably two or three years. Oh, I'd say I started turning a, a profit in the first few years, but that's not a profit so much as making income from it. I think it took a long time to be turning a proper profit from it. Now, my other business, Create and Thrive, that started turning a profit right away, but that's because it was an information-based business, not a like a service-based business rather than a product-based business. And it's easier to scale a service-based business when you're selling digital products because you can sell heaps for the same amount of work, basically. So think about the, the type of business you're starting. When is it likely to be turning a profit? Some businesses, it takes time to build them up and then they'll turn a profit into infinity other businesses you can start making money straight away it just depends on the industry so just be clear and clear-eyed about this and don't don't go in with a blindfold blindfold on thinking that magically somehow you're going to be different to everybody else in this industry and you're going to suddenly make heaps of money right at the beginning even though that's not what normally happens it's important to go into business being very realistic about what's going to happen to the financial side of things Number four, is there actually another way you could be making the money you need more easily? So some of us, we start passion businesses. We don't really think about the money side of things at the beginning. We're just doing it because somebody's told us it's a good idea or we think, hey, maybe I can sell some of this stuff. And that's fine. Absolutely. But if you actually really need the money, is there another way that you could be doing that, getting a part-time job, um, working freelance for somebody you know, there are lots of different ways you can be bringing that income in. And that doesn't mean you can't start the business, but you have to be realistic and think, okay, 
I can still do this, but it's going to say it's going to take me a couple of years to start profiting from this business. What do I what am I going to do in the meantime to bring money in the door? So this is why I'm a big fan of keeping the job. You know, if you have a job, a secure job and you want to start your business, start it on the side. Don't be one of those people who just quits everything and dives into the business because it takes time to develop a business. It's not something you can just do overnight. Now, some people who have a lot of experience who've run multiple businesses before will probably find this much, much easier. And I don't know why you're watching this video because you know what you're doing. But for newbies, just be realistic and realize it's going to take time. So don't throw the job away just yet. Do this on the side, do the development, do the learning, do the planning, get the business started. Yes, it's going to mean a lot of extra hours and a lot of extra work and you'll probably be tired for a little while, but that's way better than quitting your job without a plan and realizing you don't have enough money to pay the mortgage or the rent or put food on the table. You know what I'm saying? Number five, speaking of uh, experience, do you have the necessary knowledge and experience to actually run this business that you want to run? Or are you just, um, you know, inspired by somebody else or you've seen somebody else do it and you think, oh, well, that, how hard can it be? How hard can it be? Uh, yes, I certainly said that to myself <laughs> in the beginning because I had no idea how hard it could be. All right. So do you have the requisite knowledge and experience? If not, get it before you again, before you throw the job in or whatever else you're doing in, spend some time to educate yourself, learn the things you need to learn to act, you know, successfully get this business off the ground, spend the time. It will be well worth it. Number six, are you being realistic about the amount of time and money it is going to take to get this business off the ground? A lot of my students, um, I've worked with thousands of makers, so people who want to turn their hobbies into a profitable business. And the thing I hear from them over and over again is, I didn't realize how much time I would be spending not making things, right? Because they get into this because they like making things. Now, when you start a business, say a handmade business, you're going to find that like you end up with something like 80% of your time in the first year or two devoted to the business side of things rather than the making side of things, because you have to learn everything there is to learn. You have to set everything up for the first time, you know, get it all running, figure it all out, uh, get the admin up. You have to do the marketing. You have to do the emails. You have to do all of that stuff, you know, the taxes, blah, blah, blah. And it's going to take you a lot more time than you probably think if you've never done this sort of thing before. So talk to some people in your industry, people who've been through that, that startup phase, get some realistic answers about how much time it's taken them and how much time it's going to take you to get this thing off the ground. And that brings me to number seven, which is Find some people in your industry who are willing to be open and honest about what it really takes to succeed in your industry, how much money, how much time, what sort of knowledge, what sort of support and help, um, you know, what's the market like, all that sort of stuff, and actually talk to them and get a realistic picture of what this is going to be like before you start. It's like doing work experience as a kid in high school. You know, you want to be a vet. Okay, let's go to and work in a vet clinic for a week. I tell you what, at the end of that week, you're going to get a real good idea as to whether you actually want to be a vet or not, because you've been put into the actual experience. And this is where like, if you can do some work for some of these people, like maybe you, if you know, you can intern with them or you can do some work for them, something that gets you on the inside. So you can see what it's really like to work in that industry is really, really useful. 
Oh, I just had to adjust the brightness on my camera because the sun decided to come out. It's probably going to go away again, but we'll see what happens. Okay, number eight. Will this fit with my current family slash life situation? This kind of goes back to that first question about the life and lifestyle you want to live, but it's a bit more specific thinking about uh, your family situation. Like, are you the breadwinner? Uh, do you have jobs that you can't pass on to somebody else in your family? Do you have other people that rely on your support, whether it's financial or time or emotional support? So do you have, uh, you know, the right environment to around you to start this business successfully? Or are you going to find that there's going to be trouble because people won't understand what you're doing. They won't be supportive, perhaps. Uh, you won't end up having as much time as you thought you were going to have because you've got all these other responsibilities on you. Um, are you living in the wrong place? You know, are you living somewhere that doesn't allow you to do this particular type of work? I mean, that's pretty unusual these days, for, especially for those of us who are doing an online business. But, you know, if you're living in the middle of nowhere that doesn't have a good internet connection, then maybe it is the wrong place. So you have to look at that and just say, okay, you know, will it fit my current life family situation or is there something that's going to be a, an obstacle or a roadblock to this? Number nine is where can you get trustworthy support and advice from your peers and colleagues. So I think we underestimate how important it is to have a peer network of people who are kind of just about where we are, maybe a little bit ahead, maybe a little bit behind, but in the same boat, basically, who understand what we're doing. I've heard from so many people over the years that, you know, their family are supportive, but they don't really understand what they're trying to do. And so they can't really help them with problems that arise. So the only thing they can do is turn to other people in their situation. So for me, like in the handmade industry, that's turning to other makers who are trying to do the same thing as them and getting that help and support. So it's, I, if I hadn't had this when I started out, I would not be where I am today. I was a member of an amazing Australian Etsy team and the women in that team gave me so much support and so much help and answered so many questions about stuff I didn't know. And, uh, I, I would have been lost without them. So find that network of people. Uh, that's why I started my membership community, The Thriver Circle, for makers and artists and creatives. If that's you, it might be a community you want to check out because it's a private community with people who are serious about doing what you want to do. And you also get heaps of other perks. Anyway, you can check that out at thrivercircle.com. But whatever industry you're in, find that network of people and connect with them because they are going to be absolutely priceless. Now, that being said, there is a caveat on this. I really try, I really recommend that you try to either make personal connections, so one-on-one -on -one connections with people, or you do join some sort of smaller community or group. What I see a lot of people doing is actually just going to these massive open like Facebook groups or forums or Reddit or something like that and asking questions there. And yes, that can work, but it also, people don't know who you are. They don't understand your business. And there's often a lot of drama in those spaces and people who have their own prejudices or agendas or problems that, that have arisen. Um, and that's human nature, I know, but it can be a little bit um, difficult and overwhelming and you won't necessarily get the sort of advice you're looking for because people aren't, they're not looking out for your best interest potentially, you know, so just be wary of where you go to get advice <laughs> and who you listen to. But having that small peer network of people, wherever you find it, I think is really, really valuable. 
Okay, number 10, ask yourself, why do I want to do this, i.e. start a business, rather than just getting a job? Like, what's my motivation behind actually doing a thing myself, a business, running a business myself, or just going out and getting a regular job? What, what it, because they are not the same thing. You know, when you have a job, someone else is responsible for all the things. You know, they're responsible for paying you for starters. <laughs> they're responsible for collecting your taxes for you. They're responsible for um, telling you what to do. They're responsible for marketing the business if it's a business you're working for. Uh, they're responsible for the administration angle of things. So just be realistic again <laughs> about all. You, when you start a business, you have to put on all the hats. You have to do all of the jobs that if you had a, just went and got a job, you would just have your very specific small job. So just be, you know, be um, self-aware about this thing. And that not everybody is entrepreneurial. Not everybody is is naturally um, inclined to be a business person. You have to be very self-motivated, intrinsically motivated in order to be a successful business person. You can't be motivated by external um, directions. You know, if, if you're not good at motivating yourself to do stuff, then business is going to be very difficult for you because nobody's going to be telling you what to do. <laughs> it's all up to you. So just keep that in mind when it comes to making that decision as to whether running a business is the right thing for you or not. All right. Number 11, what are the business structure framework taxes, legalities of setting up this business you want to set up in your country. Don't just hand wave this, like do the research to figure this out before you start and make sure that you start things properly because it's, you know, it's going to be incredibly stressful if you start stuff up and then down the line, you realize you've been breaking the law or doing the wrong thing, or you get to tax time and go, oh my God, how much money did I spend? How much money did I make? You know, all of this sort of stuff. Just do the research to figure out what's the best uh, way to set up your business. Do you want to, like here in Australia, we've got sole traders, partnerships, companies, trusts, all sorts of things. So this might be worth just for this first time going to see an accountant or a business advisor and actually lay out your idea and see what they say. See what they say is the best idea for you, the best structure, and they can educate you as well on the business framework and the tax and stuff like that. Um, I have had an accountant since I started my businesses. I've gone through a couple. I've got a really good one now. Um, they're not just accountants. They're like business advisors as well. So it's an expense, but frankly, <laughs> You know, a good accountant can often save you more money than they cost, and they also give you peace of mind because you know that you're doing everything right and you're not going to get in trouble and end up with a massive tax bill five years down the line because you weren't doing it right. And that's not something anybody wants to deal with, right? Really get this straight from the beginning and it will take a load off your shoulders. Okay, number 12, what are your financial goals? What are your financial goals in the short term and the long term? We talked about earlier, is this, is this idea going to be profitable? Is it likely to be profitable? Now we're talking actual numbers. I want you to actually put some numbers on this. What are your financial goals? What are you wanting to earn? What are you needing to earn out of this business in the short and long term? So the next six months, one year, two years, five years, 10 years, etc. Is this, you know, do you plan on this being your full-time 
thing to support you and your family? What, you know, do you have to, do you have a mortgage that you're responsible for? Do you have car payments? Do you have rent, you know, um, medical insurance, especially for those of you in America where your medical insurance is linked to your job? Not such an issue here in Australia, obviously, but think about all those things. You know, how much money do you need from this business at X amount of time in the future to actually survive and thrive? You have to put, you have to write these numbers down. You can't just guesstimate this. You need to do the work. Look at all your expenses in your life. Look at the expenses that your business is going to incur as well. Don't forget about that when you're doing these calculations and see if it is realistic that you are going to be making this money. 13. Speaking of making concrete goals, do you have a business plan? Do you have a plan? a concrete written down plan for what this business is about, who you're selling to, what your your financial goals are, what your timeline is, all of that sort of stuff. Now, this can seem uh, super overwhelming (laughs) and super boring. It doesn't have to be. It can be quite simple. Uh, I'm doing a workshop on this in the Thriver Circle for makers and creatives. And if you want some guidance, I'm, I'm teaching you how to do a short, simple business plan. It's super easy, super straightforward, gets the basic stuff onto paper where it needs to be. Like if you're going to be, if, if you're just self-funding this, this is not a step you might necessarily take. But if you have to get any sort of financing, you're going to have to have a business plan because nobody's going to give you any money unless you have a solid uh, case for how you're going to make it back and pay them back. Right. So short, simple business plan. If you're interested in that workshop, I'll put the link in the description below. It is a live workshop. So if you're watching this just after it's come out, you might be able to get in and join me for the live workshop. If you're watching this in the future and you're still interested, no worries. I record all the workshops. They're always available in the library inside the Thriver Circle. So you can still, you could go do it right now. If it's off, if it's December 2021 or after, it's going to be available for you in the, in the circle right now. So if, whether you do that or not, I want you to put together a, a business plan. You can just Google it. Like, how do I, how do I create a business plan? How do I create a, a simple business plan? I'm not talking about a tome that's this thick that you see like mega corporations put together. You're not that complicated. Um, at least I'm guessing you and your business is not that complicated. You just have to get some fundamentals written down so that you know what you're aiming for in the future. Because like anything in life, if you don't know where you're going, you're never going to get there. Number 14, if you're starting a passion-based business, i.e. you've got a passion, something you love, and you want to turn that into a business, ask yourself this, do I really want to take this thing I love doing and turn it into something that makes me money? Because I can tell you right now, that process will fundamentally alter your relationship with this thing you love. It's no longer just about you doing something because you like doing it. You have to start thinking about, oh, I've got customers now, I've got a target uh, market, I've got financial goals, and that is going to change your relationship to this thing you love to do. That's not to say you're not going to keep loving it. It's not to say that's going to be awesome because you get to do the thing you love and make money from it. I'm in that boat. It's great. Don't get me wrong. There are, however, days where I really am over it. (laughs) There are days where I sit down to make jewelry and I'm like, oh God, I have to make this again. But then I flip my switch. I flip my script and I go, no, I get, I'm, I, I get the opportunity to do this. You know, if I, the question I always ask myself when this comes up is if I wasn't doing this, what would I have to be doing to make a living? That always wakes me up super quick smart. <laughs> 
So that being said, just be aware that that happens. Just be aware that there is this shift that happens um, when you take your passion or your hobby or the thing you love and turn it into something that other people now have an input into, your customers. Um, you will get positive and negative feedback about it. Uh, you will you know, feel differently about it over time in the future and that's fine, but it does happen. So, you know, I've, I've worked with a number of people who have – gone through all this work they've made the decision to start a business they've done all the, the groundwork they've even some of them have started up and then six months a year down the track they've gone you know what I don't want this to be a business anymore I just want to go I want to go back to it being something I do for the love of it and just be I guess be realistic about the fact that that's a potential thing that may happen and just really investigate whether that's something you're willing to risk Okay, number 15, speaking of, who are your ideal customers? Who is your target market? Who are the people who want to buy this thing that you are wanting to sell? You have to figure this out at the beginning. Otherwise, you don't know how to market it. You don't know where to go or who you're talking to. And you're just like throwing stuff, you know, willy-nilly out there. And you won't have an effective marketing plan because you don't know who the heck you're talking to and who it is that wants to buy your stuff. It may take a bit of development at the beginning, some research and development to figure this out. And that's okay. You have to go through that period, but just be aware that you should be looking at this and you should be thinking about this from the beginning and trying to figure this out as early as possible because it will make life a lot easier when it comes to finding your customers and selling to them. Number 16 is along the same lines, and that is what, it, what is it that's different about what I want to put out there? What's my unique selling proposition or USP, as we say? What makes you different from all the 11 billion other people doing what you're doing? Why will people choose to work with you and buy your thing rather than these other people? Now, having competition is not a bad thing. I mean, think about how many restaurants and cafes there are in the world, right? If we, if somebody who wanted to start a new cafe or restaurant was like, but there's five other restaurants in town, I'm never going to get any business. It's, you know, that's silly, right? Of course, if you do something different, you do something unique that people want, you will get business. It goes for any sort of business that's out there, okay? You need to think about how you can stand out, how you can be that little bit different in order to appeal to that very specific target customer base that will absolutely fall in love with what you do and who you are. What is it about your product that is unique and different? And if you have no idea, start looking at, you. well, you can just start in general looking at business and, and analyzing businesses and their, the marketing and the words and the phrases they use. You'll quickly see that they will use keywords and phrases that they have determined set them apart. You know, they're not going to be just bland and generic. If they are, they're not, never going to succeed. They have to pull out something about their particular product that is unique, that is special, that will appeal to their target customer. Okay. So you have to do the same thing with your business. If you're selling beanies, what's different about your beanies to every other beanie out there? If you're selling jewelry like I do, what's unique and special about your jewelry? What is it that you specialize in? What is it that makes you stand apart? What is it that your ideal customers will absolutely love about your work? You have to figure out what that is because then you are going to communicate that and the people who want that thing are then going to find you and come to you and buy from you. Number 17, 
This relates to, I think it was number eight earlier about family and life situation, but it's a little bit more specific. It is, do I have the explicit support of my close family or friends? Uh, You're going to find things a lot easier (laughs) if you have the explicit support of the people in your life. That's not to say that you shouldn't start this thing if you don't have that support. Uh, I know people who have done that and but it's really, really hard. It's really hard to start something when the people you love or the people who you're closest to don't support you and don't think that you can make it and make it happen. It takes a special sort of person with a lot of self-belief in themselves um, to actually make that happen without the support of a few close people around them. I mean, I would not be where I am today without the support of my husband. Uh, He was and is absolutely crucial to the success of my business. I mean, for the first, you know, the first year and two of, or a couple of years actually of my businesses, I was able to work on the business full time because he was doing all the house bow stuff, right? And he did that so that I could focus on the business. So even to this day, we balance those two spheres, business and life. And we both work in both of those spheres. He still does more of the the life stuff, the house stuff, and I still do more of the business stuff. Like if, you know, I'm like the manager of the business stuff and he's the manager of the house stuff. And then we sort of each assign each other jobs (laughs) in those two spheres, but whatever, it works for us. It's awesome. We both have plenty of free time. We both feel like we're getting the better end of the deal. And he's incredibly supportive of my, my business dreams and goals and ideas, and it works. So it's going to be a lot easier if you have that support of the close family and friends and you know make sure they understand what you're trying to do explain it to them this is where having like business plans and financial goals is really useful if somebody's a little bit skeptical you know it shows that you've done the work and the research and that there is a realistic possibility of success here so i hope that you can find those people uh, and that they will be able to help you just be aware that it will be a little bit harder if you don't have that support Number 18, speaking of support, do you want to run this business yourself or do you want a business partner? You know, it it might be that you're really good at some parts of the business, but really bad at others. (laughs) You know, we all have our strengths. Would it make more sense to combine forces with somebody else and actually run this business together? Don't, you know, business partnerships can be fraught, but they can also be incredibly fruitful and successful. I mean, I've been running a podcast. I've got two podcasts. The other one I do is called The Business of Making and it's three of us together. We've been running that for a couple of years now and we are we are a, a, a partnership, like an, a legal partnership and we run the business together and we make all the business decisions together and we have a way that we balance the workload between us and it's been incredibly fulfilling and rewarding and, and really enjoyable. Um, it's more of a passion project so it hasn't been particularly financially successful but that's not been the point for us. We just wanted to do it and it's been super, super fun. So having a partnership can sometimes work really, really well. Just make sure if you do have the legal documentation in place, have a partnership agreement, have everything written down. Like if one person wants to leave, what's going to happen to the business, what's going to happen to the money, all of that sort of stuff. Again, just Google, you know, partnership agreements. That's what we did. We found some online and then we just altered them to fit our circumstances. So partnerships can be a great thing. Just make sure you set them up properly from the beginning to avoid any problems down the line. Number 19 is in a similar vein to this, and that is, do you want to be a solopreneur forever 
Or do you actually want to create a business that will expand and that you hire employees and then potentially one day you can even sell? Okay, so think about the business structure. And this this goes all the way back to the beginning where I talk about life and lifestyle. Now, me personally, I've always just wanted to be a solopreneur. I don't want employees. I don't want a premises. I don't want, you know, to be making millions of dollars a year. Sure, it'd be be nice if I could make millions of dollars a year without any extra work, but I'm not willing to do the extra work that it would take to make millions of dollars a year, right? I just don't care that much. I make enough money to be comfortable. So think about that. You know, for us, uh, you know, obviously, like I said, Nick, technically he's my employee, but that's just a legal thing. Like we work together in the business because I'm a solo um sole uh, sole trader we call it here in australia so the business name is my, my name is the business you know we're kind of inextricably linked um you know if you're starting a business with a little bit of risk you might want to start a company so you're a bit more insulated personally um so do you what do you want like what sort of business model do you want going to the future the reason i don't ever want employees or one of the reasons is i don't want to be responsible for somebody else's livelihood we often travel overseas for long periods of time and close the business down while we're traveling so what would my employees do you know i I don't want that responsibility uh so that's one reason why i don't want to employ other people so that comes back to lifestyle and the life i want to live so this is why knowing that's really important and just have a vision for the future of where you want your business to go and what sort of structure it's going to have going forward. And finally, number 20, does this work reflect the kind of person I want to be going into the future? Uh, I'm not a religious or spiritual person, but I've studied a lot of religions and spiritualities over the years. And the Buddhists have this really awesome concept of right livelihood, which has always stuck with me. It's doing work that you, that you feel is or that is contributing positively to the world in some way. And I've always wanted to make sure that the work I'm doing is right livelihood. It's work that I feel is a positive influence on the world, having a positive impact on the world and other people in some way, and minimizing any negative impact that my work has on the world. So for me, the work that I do definitely reflects the sort of person I want to be, Um, you know, the, the teaching that I do, I want to help other people be successful like I was because my life is amazing and I love my lifestyle and my life and I love my businesses and I want to give other people the tools and the knowledge to actually make that happen for themselves. So that's why I teach. And, you know, the jewelry business that I that I run, you know, we use recycled silver wherever we can. So we're not contributing to more mining. We the, the sort of jewelry we sell is meant to be kept for a lifetime it's not throwaway costume jewelry it's stuff that people hopefully will keep and treasure and wear forever and we do a lot of wedding rings you know so that for us that's a meaningful piece of jewelry that really makes you know has an impact someone will literally wear that on their hand for the rest of their life potentially to represent the love they have for their partner so think about that sort of stuff you know this work that I want to do this business I want to start what impact is it going to have on me and what impact is it going to have on the world and is that the sort of legacy that I want to leave behind okay thank you so much for listening to the show again please do share it with your community tag me at create and thrive on instagram if you do talk about it on instagram so i can come say hello i love hearing what listeners think of the show and of course if you want to join me for that live workshop on how to create a short and simple business plan you can do that over at thrivercircle.com 
I'll be back again soon with another episode. Thank you for being here. Thank you for trusting me to help you on this handmade business journey and bye for now.